Well, Brent, whenever um, you're ready to start rolling, Sean is going to introduce you this time. Okay. Do um, I need to read the whole thing? Then? Yeah, go ahead. Well, you don't have to read the whole thing. Most most everybody heard it this morning. Okay. I, the irony is the one introducing you is the one that did it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we want to get going. So, sure. um, so to start, this is breakout session number one, I guess, Maggie? If we want to yeah. put in order. Okay. So for breakout session number one, uh, for those of you that heard this morning, Mr. Uh, Brent Henley is back. If you did not hear him this morning, like myself, and uh, I have to go back and watch the keynote, but uh, heard very good things. So uh, looking forward to this one. Uh, Mr. Henley combines more than 30 years of consulting experience with business leadership experience as well. Uh, prior to his current consulting practice, he was president of KNL Corporation, a privately held investment group with uh, over 110 employees. And uh, what Brent does, Brent partners with clients to grow enterprises in a way that provides the highest degree of personal and professional fulfillment. Uh, he's got a couple degrees from Centenary College in Louisiana and a master's degree in industrial organizational psychology from Louisiana Tech. Is that it? That's I had it. to look up what IOOD is. <laughs> he's a fellow uh, government leadership and fellow of the Government Leadership Institute at the University of New Orleans and a graduate of Leadership Louisiana. Uh, he's considered an expert in strategic planning, group facilitation, and developing leadership and sales performance skills. He's led thousands of workshops and retreats on organiz for organizations. His firm, The Pyramid Group, is partnered with Wilson Learning, Cellini, and the One Page Business Planning Company. Uh, so that's the quick bio. And then today in this breakout session, uh, he is going to talk about making the most of our uh, young professional experience. So. I will stop talking now and turn the floor over to you, Mr. Henley. Thanks, Sean. Um, probably the most interesting, well, an interesting thing about me, and I'm going to ask you guys to introduce yourselves and tell me something interesting about you as well. I was uh, I was born in DeRitter. Uh, my parents were stationed at Fort Polk, and um, but I was raised in Oklahoma. They were, not long after I was born, they were discharged from the Army and uh, went back to Oklahoma where they were from, and that's where I spent my formative years, and then uh, I got a scholarship to go to Centenary College, and, and then uh, while in Louisiana, I met a half-French, half-Spanish redhead from New Iberia. So you just you just don't leave. There's no leaving. Um, it's just part of it. So I've been in Louisiana since 1976. Isn't that crazy? Some of you weren't even born yet. So, so thanks for inviting this old geezer to uh, talk about young professionals. So... Uh, Maggie, I'm going to start with you. You want to introduce yourself and then tell tell the group something interesting about you. Yeah. So my name is Maggie Matushka. I work with the Natchitoches Chamber as the event coordinator. And something interesting about me, goodness, um, I am terrified of earthworms. I will walk <laughs> across the street to avoid an earthworm. <laughs> that is interesting. Thanks. Mag uh, Maggie, choose someone to go next. Uh, Carly. Can we come back to me? My dog is having an episode. Now we want to hear the dog. <laughs> she just had a little, her name is Josie. She's a Josie. terrier schnauzer mix. So she gets very upset when people walk in front of the house. Um, oh. She's very protective. But so yeah, if you hear her, just excuse me. Um, 
But yeah, so I said earlier, my name is Carly Cohen and I work for the United Way um, of Northwest Louisiana in Shreveport. Um, and I'm sorry, what was the other part that we were supposed to share? Something interesting about you, Carly. Oh, um, uh, well, I'll go to my kind of go-to unexpected thing about me that people don't know that I use. Um, I played in the um, softball World Series 18 and under twice. Um, I used to be a very competitive softball player. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Carly. Choose someone to go next. Um, Laura, let's go with you. So I've been trying to uh, come up with something interesting about myself. <laughs> so we'll just say something. My name's Laura Lyles. I am the president of the Nakashiri Chamber of Commerce. And something interesting about me is I had just graduated college and was living in Metairie. Uh, during Hurricane Katrina. So there's wow. a lot of story along with that, and it's an interesting one. I bet. Thanks, Laura. Choose someone to go next. Let's see. Let's go with Beverly. Okay. Um, Beverly Broadway, and um, I teach at Northwestern, and I'm on the school board here in town. And I guess something interesting about me is kind of like earlier we mentioned we were talking about networking and I said, you know, it's a little hard for me sometimes to start those introductions. But interestingly enough, I, I love public speaking. I love talking to big crowds, which I know kind of surprises some people. So. Thanks, Beverly. Choose someone to go next. Um, let me see. Uh, Kelly. Hi, Kelly West from the convention, Natchitoches Convention and Visitors Bureau. Um, I'll use my two, which is best. Hey, Kelly, I missed that. Can you repeat it? Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. You just broke up a little I, bit. I can say the alphabet backwards. I can say the alphabet backwards. Oh, okay. Got it. Choose someone to go next, either Sean or Jessica. Uh, let's go with Jessica. Hey. I am here. I do exist. Um, I'm Jessica. I'm the director at the Natchitoches Parish Library. Uh, I'm not very interesting, so I always talk about my kids. Um, I have three kids and I spent my quarantine um, potty training my two-year-old. So, Yay. here you go. Wow. Intense. Sean, you're up. Well, luckily I am already potty trained. Maybe some would say otherwise. <laughs> but um, my name is Sean Baylor. I work here at uh, NRMC, the hospital. And um, I'm not from here, but I've been here for a little over five years now. I'm from South Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, or in Slidell. I went to undergrad and grad school in your area at ULL in Lafayette. But um, the most interesting fact I can think of right now, top of my head, I've only been in one car accident. That was my fault. And I've only been in one car accident total. And I was two years old when I was driving. Um, for some reason, my grandparents let me play inside their brand new Mercedes they just picked up. We were in Kentucky uh, at a relative's house, and it was a hill. And for some reason, they, I was inside of it, touching all the buttons, took it out of the park, and uh, put it in neutral, and we went for a ride down the hill. And, uh, 
they own their new car for, I've been told this story a million times and it gets less and less each time, but less than, less than 24 hours. <laughs> uh, well, you, you're, you guys are an interesting group. So uh, thanks. Here, um, here's what we're going to do. The, the purpose of today is to brainstorm some ideas that will make your membership more meaningful. Um, but I also want to do something else too, and that's uh, um, I, I, I want to I want to talk a little bit about what happens in uncertain times uh, to our mindsets, and uh, so that not only do we uh, leave here with having talked about um, adding value to your membership, but you're going to have a takeaway um, with some things I think will help you and 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 help you help others uh, with. Um, uh, these uncertain times, especially when uh, you see people who are kind of struggling and and uh, have more questions than answers, and 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 really just kind of struggling with that. So we'll do we'll do two things this afternoon. One is this open dialogue. I got three questions for you. So yeah, you're going to have to answer some questions, and then uh, and then I've got some slides to help you understand uh, change and energy and how all that works. So the payoff is, I think, as a result, you're going to have some takeaways that add value to being a member of the YP. And uh, even though e even those that uh, may see this later uh, will have a takeaway as well. So um, first question, uh, why do you belong to this organization? Um, you, you know, I, I have no idea, but it's a big open question. So I'd like to know why uh, you belong to this. Louisiana Young Professionals Group or your local Young Professionals Group. Carly, you want to start? Is your dog okay? Yes, she has calmed down. The threat is neutralized. Um, <laughs> so I'm a transplant to Shreveport. I moved here from Mississippi. Um, I grew up in Louisiana, um, Longview, Texas, so not far from Shreveport. Um, so when I left Mississippi, I wanted to come closer to home, just not all the way back home. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up in Shreveport about six years ago. Um, and so I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a network, um, didn't have friends. Um, my job introduced me to some people, but not that many at the time. Um, I had just stopped teaching um, and switched over into the nonprofit world. So I was kind of in a job transition too. Um, and so someone recommended that I go to the YPI group to one of their socials. And I went, um, and it was the first time I'd ever done anything like networking. And it was extremely awkward, and I was very bad at it. Um, but people were nice, um, and they were inclusive. And so I was like, okay, you know, I can do this. And so I started going. Um, and I met a lot of people through that group that I then became friends with. And then it also really helped me at work as well, um, having people that I could call that were better connected to Shreveport than I was. Um, and so just, it made such a difference in my personal life and in my career that then I decided to join the board and get more involved. Cool, good, thank you. Uh, Sean, why do you, you belong to this organization? Yeah, so I'm, uh, come, my answer will be somewhat similar to Carly's. Um, I, uh, after grad school, I went and worked for a company out of Lafayette, but I uh, was in their Dallas office and their Chattanooga office. And then after that, um, after I was looking to move back to Louisiana, and so when I uh, met with the CEO here and this opportunity came up, my role here is kind of a community-facing and public-facing part of the hospital. So the networking and getting to know the city, being from South Louisiana, I had never been in that condition before I moved here. 
I'd only been once before I moved here actually, which was the interview. So uh, the whole networking aspect, uh, and it was a group of, especially with where I work and, and who I work with here, like I'm generally the youngest person I've always worked with. So I have other ways to meet the older part of it, but I really wanted to get in touch with like, you know, the, some of the peer areas uh, in this, uh, in the city and in the community. So, and then to build friendships too, which has uh, been a plus also, so. Thank you. Jessica, how about you? Um, let's see, I'm socially awkward unless I can um, tell inappropriate jokes. Uh, and this is my way of um, forcing myself to interact with people my age that I usually don't unless it's um, at church. Um, thank you. And uh, I hang out with teenagers a lot um, because my husband is a youth minister. So I truly do not hang out with people my age. Um, so this is my way of forcing myself to to get out there. And also it's another opportunity for me to tell people about the library, which I do all the time, all day. So. Thanks. Beverly, how about you? Oh, well, to be honest, I'm really not like an official member of the uh, Natchez Young Professionals, but um, see a lot of value in what the chamber does in what the Natchez Young Professionals do within our community. And when I saw the opportunity for the conference, I loved the topic ideas. Um, and I just wanted to find it a little bit more and maybe connect a little bit more. Thanks, Kelly. Okay, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, so um, I'm no so I've only been a member of the Natchez Young Professionals for two years or two and a half years like that. Um, but I'm no stranger to young organizations. I was actually a member of the Young Professionals Group of Sinlaw for about seven years before that. So you know, you know what to expect. Sorry. Yeah. So when I, um, you know, I, I knew Laura personally and got to know Maggie and, um, and obviously I very much value the young professional network and the, um, the networking opportunities, socials, things like that. And, um, my husband and I, even though we were in Alexandria, we came quite over at least to the first, um, or second or whichever year it was, um, pub crawl. So we actually came to pub crawl a couple of times before we actually even moved here. So um, we were very much introduced to Natchez Young Professionals and um, definitely seeing the value, I jumped right in. Thank you. Laura, how about you? <clears throat> so I'm from Natchitoches and this group started while I lived in Oklahoma and I saw my friends from college, I went to school at Northwestern, um, starting this, this, uh, new organization that had a purpose of connecting young professionals so that they stayed connected to the area. Um, that's, you know, especially with this being a college town and a small community, um, people can tend to come and go and sometimes they make it back, but 
you know, planting and, and watering and growing the roots here. I think I saw this organization doing that from afar. So whenever I moved back, it was just really exciting to be a part of it and to help um, kind of sell Natchitoches in that way. Um, but besides that, I think I love socializing with people and I especially love socializing with people who are doing something. You know, um, I like to be a part of something bigger than myself and make an impact on other people's lives. And I think that a lot of YP groups across the state are doing a really good job of that. And it helps uh, give people my age an, an in to that, that kind of world. Yeah. Maggie? So when I was 18 and first started at as an intern at the chamber, um, NYP had just formed and I had the opportunity to kind of serve as the chamber liaison to NYP for several years um, and watch as the organization grew. Um, and last year, the board's recommendation was that I take over the chair position and that was um, really exciting for me because I love Natchitoches. I've lived here since I started out at College at NSU and I love um, everything about this town and I like what NYP has always tried to do and try to be in this community and I believe strongly in the mission of NYP. Um, so I have continued to stay involved and will continue to stay involved until I'm 41. <laughs> Good, thank you. So um, my next question is, uh, what is it that you personally want to give to your young professional organization? What talent, skill, you know, what gift do you have that you can offer? And you may be doing it already, or maybe you haven't done it yet, but I just want to see what it is that you want to give. And I, I'm, uh, Lark, can I start with you? That's a much harder question to answer. Um, and I think that from, from conversations with other people that are, you know, curious about young professionals, they're curious what it is that you need from them, you know, so for them to answer what they can give to the organization. So, I, you know, I guess that these organizations are what we make of them and we can make them whatever we want. So we talk a lot about, um, where where we see the organization going and where we see people fitting in because it can it can um, grow and evolve um, pretty quickly from one year to the next. So what what I want to give to this organization, I guess, is just um, kind of some strategic thinking of what we want to be when we grow up and how we want to see this uh, organization playing a strong role in our community to keep people here and keep people engaged and keep people's mindset on positive things about our community that they can then go and tell other young professionals so that we are kind of, um, you know, I say if, if you don't tell people what the story is, then they make up their own. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, telling that narrative in a positive way from the perspective of a young professional is important for us to work on. Thank you. Hey, Kelly, how about you? What do you want to give the organization? Oh, goodness. Um, I would probably say um, gosh, that, that's a hard one. Um, 
I, I should have sent these questions to you last week, shouldn't I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, being in tourism, um, I do have a background in event planning and marketing and um, conferences and things like that. So, um, you know, getting involved with NYP, one of the first things, you know, I thought, well, I could certainly assist with pub crawls and with, um, you know, the conference and different things. So I think being able to lend my professional, you know, expertise, um, but also I, like I said in the last session, I'm a social butterfly. So I do like to network and connect people. Um, that's one thing that I really love to do. And so um, I hope I can bring that to the organization as well. Hey, thanks. Sean, how about you? Yeah. So um, when I was actually, I, I just moved here and when I got involved with NYP, I was quickly uh, brought on to uh, kind of help after people saw the, uh, we, we put on and I'm personally involved with putting on some pretty big events here in town, upwards of our about 500 people all the way up to, we had 5,500 this past year at our beer festival. So that from that aspect of it and uh, my, uh, my abilities there, but also one thing especially as i was on the board and when i took over and was the president of the board uh you know kind of keeping that foundation solid to have something to pass on the future um future members and like that especially financial solvency be able to put on things be able to get that message out there uh, was always really important to me thanks carly um what do you want to give to your organization so I think one of the strengths that I have is building relationships with people. So I want to use that to um, help make sure that our socials are really inviting and friendly and that the board members play an active role in welcoming people when they come to our socials. And so by encouraging people to come and get involved and see that it's a fun group to be a part of, I want to help build board members for the future. Um, I think that we didn't focus on stewardship of the people that were attending as much as we should have in the past. So they kind of scrambled to find appropriate board members that were actually engaged. So I want to help grow that, that pool for us to have more people involved. Thank you. Jessica, how about you? <clears throat> um, I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm really not very active in NYP and I, I don't know if, I don't know why that is um because you've got seven kids or <laughs> they say it feels like seven most <laughs> days um well I, i'm just busy and but i i like the behind the scenes um aspect um so getting the information out there um and i don't and i don't do this for nyp but other aspects of the chamber um I do try to help out where I can, um, but I guess I I like more of the behind the scenes and making sure people are knowledgeable of what's available to them mm -hmm. um, in our community. Um, so I guess that's the librarian in me, hundred percent. So thank you, um, Maggie. How about you? So. My main goal with um, being chairman this year has been to really create a solid foundational document that allows all of our um, different executive committee members to have a starting point every single year of everything that they need. It's uh, all-inclusive Bible, so to speak, of 
everything that they need to do for um, each year, including down to the date and time for everything. Uh, so that's kind of been, I guess, my starting point for NYP and having been in it so long, I really want to just take everything that NYP has done and make mm -hmm. it clear and concise what NYP does and so that future board members know what they're doing. Thanks. Beverly, anything you want to add? Um, you know, really, like I mentioned, you know, this is really my first NYP actual event. Um, but when I do tend to help out with organizations, it does tend to be more like a behind the scenes, just kind of helping wherever is needed and, um, you know, doing whatever is asked. Thanks. My third question is this. What do you want to get from this organization? So you just shared with us what you want to give. So what do you want to get? Laura, I'll start with you, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. What I most want to get from this organization is um, friendships. And for me, that's personal and professional. I think the relationship is the most important thing for me. Thanks. Carly? I'd say the same as what Laura said, um, more connections to people. That was especially important for me um, as someone who didn't grow up in the area. Um, so I have friendships that have developed from that and would like to continue growing those. Um, and then lots of professional connections as well. Um, I'm in fundraising for a nonprofit. So fundraising is the most important thing you can do with that. Um, and YPI is really helpful in that area. Good, Jessica? <clears throat> I would agree with b both Carly and Laura is the connections with, with people. Kelly. I agree as well. Um, I think that, you know, building those relationships within the community, because as we um, even move out of the young professional into, you know, whatsoever's beyond young professionals um you know having those connections and be and building those relationships to do even bigger and better things in the community um and, and being able to be a part of something thanks sean so i look at it more as a, i can use i'm gonna use the word got instead of get because i i've gotten this plenty of times um it's that just that satisfaction of when we put on something or do something to bring people together when you can stand back on the side and see those hundreds of people uh, communicating and you know, meeting new people and enjoying the town and just everything coming together from uh, the hard work and that, that satisfaction, that's, um, that's, uh, that's important. It helps keep going to the next time, trying to do that again. So we can get that feeling again. So, so it's been successful. Uh, we've been pretty, pretty successful at it. So it's uh, like I said, I've gotten it a few times. So. Good, thanks. Beverly? Just the connection, and then also hearing from other people who have such a passion for, um, you know, strengthening our community and uh, just really getting to know everyone a little bit better in that regard. Thanks, and Maggie? From the Chamber point of view, um, I like to see that NYP connects not just uh, individuals, but it connects the university and several major employers and the chamber. Um, so I, I like to get that satisfaction of connecting, making those um, business connections 
NMYP. Thanks. Hey, I, I chose these three questions because I wanted to demonstrate for you uh, what you might do in, a, in, in one of your local meetings with these three questions in the form of small breakout groups and just ask um, your members to get into groups of six or seven and answer these three questions. What they really do is to help um, connect and integrate their wants and desires with the organization's needs and desires and to strengthen some loyalty and some connection and every once in a while, you just need to have these conversations. Um, not once a month by any means, but maybe once a year, just do a breakout and uh, think about these three questions so that you can get some really good dialogue going with your, with your group. So that was the purpose of doing that. And I'm glad we had a small group today because it's easier to do this with a small group virtually, of course. If we had big group, Maggie, we'd have to do breakouts and all kinds of stuff, but uh, this worked, worked out really well. What we, what we hear from mostly in, in terms of uh, why do people belong to the YPs, it's, uh, as I've talked to probably dozens of them around the country, it's exactly what, I mean, your comments are exactly what we get from YPs. They want connections, they want to network with peers, they want to know people outside of uh, outside of work, but also in the same age group, and they want to they want to impact the community in some way and make a difference. And so um, those are all um, very important things, and it takes uh, it, it takes good um, discipline and organization to keep all that going. It's just not throwing ideas up on the wall. As Maggie eloquently said a little bit ago, you got to have a calendar of events. You got to know where people are going. You got to have, you know, you got to be uh, uh, organized in that way to uh, make sure that you get people connected. So I'm going to shift gears now, unless anyone wants to add to what we just talked about in those three questions. I'm going to shift gears now into um, these crazy COVID times. And I want to talk a little bit about change first. And um, so what I'm going to talk to you about is uh, uh, came out of a project that I got to work on right after 9-11. We had a client in, uh, in New York City uh, that was uh, after 9-11 that was trying to get everybody um, going forward, moving on. And when we, when we talked to the executive leadership team, that's kind of what they talked about was we got to get people moving ahead. We can't do anything about what happened. Uh, we know, but it actually had only been about um, four months after the um, disaster. They weren't even back in their buildings. They were still working from home. Um, they didn't have, they didn't have any loss of life in their company, uh, even though they were in the world trade center. Uh, but uh, they, uh, but everybody's back at home and it was very disruptive and no one really knew what was kind of happening. And, and uh, so we, we interviewed uh, uh, all 900 of their employees, not just me, but a whole bunch of us in a big team and uh, kind of found out that there's, uh, and, and the change cycle model is not a, a, a new thing, but I think it added, we added a couple of things to the, uh, to the model. 
let me start with plateau over here at the left side. So all of us in our lives um, like to be on a plateau where things are relatively stable. They're not perfect, but they're relatively stable. And uh, things are going well, but then there's a trigger event. And of course, our trigger event in Louisiana came on March 12th when the governor issued stay-at-home orders. And for some people, it might have happened a little earlier than that when, uh, uh, you know, with just the threat of COVID uh, started coming, uh, coming about. But for most people, as I talked to, the trigger event was uh, a stay-at-home order. And what that did is that that trigger event sent us in, and there's an arrow there, in, into what we call the in-between times, and we spend a lot of time taking stock. And we have a lot more questions than we do answers. But in that taking stock, you know, what, I mean, you guys had questions too. What's the future look like? Am I going to get back to work? Uh, when am I going to get back to work? Am, uh, uh, am I going to get paid? Uh, what's, uh, um, it, it, you know, for some of you, I mean, in the healthcare industry, Sean, you guys, it wasn't a matter if you're going to get back to work. It was, are they going to work me to death? Um, the, uh, um, and so I mean, we just have, so we spend a lot of time in this taking stock stage. And frankly, uh, there's been a lot of time uh, uh, in this taking stock stage between March and now. We thought we would, you know, kind of get to move forward here when we went to phase two, but now we, we can continue to see an increase in cases. And what I hear from, um, my connections is people are worried that the governor is going to send us back to phase one. They're going to be doing another lockdown. And so hopefully we don't do that, but everybody's still in this kind of taking stock stage. But, but in that taking stock stage, it's important to find a space where you can move forward a little bit so you can get back to the next plateau. The reason for that is there will be another trigger event to knock us off our plateau. This is just life. Uh, our, our lives are full of trigger events that knock us off our pla plateau. Some those, sometimes those, those trigger events are external, sometimes they're internal, but anyway, they're, they're, um, um, they happen all the time. The reason I set this up is because it has to do with our energy. Now, um, Daniel Yankovic uh, wrote about energy. Um, I forget which book it was, but uh, he, he talked about it extensively, and there's two types of energy. There's regular human energy, and that's the energy that all of us have to get out of bed, brush our teeth, comb our hair, go to work, do our job, and then leave work and go home. And that's the energy that we can spend in making that happen. And then there's a second kind of energy called discretionary energy. And that's energy that we control that is part of our, our extra motivation, our creativity. Uh, it's, the, it's the extra energy that we have that allows us to be engaged and collaborate and communicate and be a member of a team and, and to help others in our organization. And what happens when we get knocked off our plateau is that our energy gets dispersed in one of two ways. In one, and if you think of this as a continuum, then our energy gets dispersed. And although we wanna be here at engaged and committed, when we get knocked off our plateau, 
we either go to on hold or overwhelmed. Overwhelmed is I have too much to do, too much work to do and not enough time to do it in. Others are not helping. As a matter of fact, we may be understaffed, so I have to do a lot of work. And that leads to the behavior or the outcome of being tired all the time. Um, I know somebody who's overwhelmed when I see them take work home, but they don't do it when they get home. But they want to be seen as that person that's that, you know, loyal and, and good employee. Here I am taking work home. But as soon as they get to the house, they sit in a lazy chair and pour a glass of wine and, and uh, try to uh, try to re reconnect with themselves because they're just tired. The, the challenge for us is if we stay in this overwhelmed place too long, then we burn out. And burnout is the death of ambition. Uh, I know somebody, I know when someone is burned out, when I ask them how they're doing and they say, great, I've only got one year, three months, two days, and one hour before I retire. The countdown clock is on. And so they're burned out. They're not investing, they're investing very little discretionary energy in, into their work or even their lives maybe, but they're, they're burned out. On the other end of the continuum is, is when we get knocked off our plateau, we go on hold. We, 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 do, we go to wait and see. Um, that's usually characterized at work by um, don't do anything more than you have to do. You don't want to bring any attention to yourself by volunteering for special projects. Just do your job. Keep your head down. They will come by and tell you what it is they want you to do. So just do your job. That's all you do. Do nothing more than that. Just wait and see. The, you know, one of the challenges that a lot of, uh, a lot of leaders and organizations had once the lockdown came on is they didn't have answers to questions employees had. How long is this going to last? What do we do? How do we, you know, do all these things? Uh, and so they were on hold too. They were kind of in a wait and see mold. mold. The, the challenge with being on, on hold too long is you rust out, uh, you, you lose hope. Rust, rusting out is not keeping up your skills, it's not keeping up your mindset. It's not, uh, it, it, it's, it's not keeping sharp uh, with what you need to be about. It's not keeping in touch with the organization and know where it's going. It's not keeping in touch with customers and knowing what they're thinking about. It's just, it's just kind of in a wait and see mold. What we found after what we found after the 9/11 experience when we when we researched all this with those 900 employees is that 55% of them were on a hold. They were all waiting for answers about how to move on. And unfortunately leadership didn't have the answer. Leadership was trying to figure out that answer but they didn't have the answer. The other 45% were on overwhelmed. They were working a lot, but they were tired. Now, the thing that we found was that in any given week, we can move through this continuum. We could start at the beginning of the week toward engaged, move to overwhelmed, might end up at the end of the week on hold. Or we could go to on hold and move to the end of the week to overwhelmed. We can move. But the idea is to be aware of where your energy is at any given time. 
The challenge with that is that we often don't see it in ourselves, but we can see it in others. And so part of the part of what I want to share with you today is a technique about how to help others. And the first thing we have to do is to understand self-talk. So just to raise a hand, how many of you talk to yourselves? All right, everybody talks to themselves. Some of you talk to yourselves out loud. You're walking down the hall and you're just jabbering away. And that's okay. Our self-talk first though comes from our perceptions. Perceptions are defined as the way we think things should be in the world. So we all have perceptions. But that leads to our self-talk. And that self-talk eventually leads to our behavior. Uh, when uh, Abraham Maslow developed his Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, before he did that, he also talked a lot about self-talk, this whole issue of self-talk and how it leads to our behavior. And that leads to a, a theorem by psychologists called the Pygmalion Effect, which is whatever you tell yourself throughout your life is eventually going to come true. So if you, if you start every morning with saying, boy, today's going to be a crappy day, Believe me, you're going to look for evidence all day long that supports that theory, even though it may be a good day. But if you change the language and you say today's going to be a good day, you're, you're, again, you're going to look for evidence throughout the day that leads to your theory that you're going to have a good day, regardless of the situations or the problems you may be confronted with. So self-talk leads to our behavior. How do you change your self-talk? Well, you have to well, how do you change your behavior? You have to change your self-talk, which will eventually mean that you change your feelings. But the way you, the way you change your behavior or you help people change your behavior is to change your self-talk, is to give yourself different messages. This is not new. It, it kind of reminds me of the, of the Saturday Night Live sketch with Stuart Smalley, if any of you ever remember Stuart Smalley. He would look in the mirror every morning and say, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. And he would say that thing to him every morning. And sometimes we've heard, you know, you should start your day by, by looking in the mirror and seeing uh, what you're, uh, or, or saying things to yourself that are going to be positive. Well, the, again, the issue is sometimes we don't hear our own self-talk, but we can certainly see it in, with others. And when we do, there's a technique that we can use called stop, challenge, focus. And stop, challenge, focus is an intervention technique that you use with others when you see them wallowing, we see them wallowing around in their own negative self-talk. And the first thing to do is call a timeout, is to stop. You wanna, you wanna, and you can do this on your own too if you want to, but it works really well when you're helping others. You wanna mentally, if you're doing it with yourself, you want to mentally interrupt the conversation. Stop. Time out. Think about how your energy is being used. And then you ask yourself three questions. What am I telling myself? Which is you assess your self-talk. What do I fear losing? So sometimes when we get knocked off our tr triggers, we fear losing something. And test the assumptions by asking, is that really true? Again, you're just having a conversation with yourself. And then once you do that, there are a couple of key questions. What do I wanna happen? What do I need to tell myself? Which is what's the new self-talk? And what's the first step I need to take to get, what, to get what I want? Which is the moving forward piece. So 
I've used this before and I've had it used on me. It's, very, it's a very effective technique, but when you feel yourself having those crazy conversations, this is very useful so that you can recalibrate your own self-talk to create positive self-talk so that you can move forward. It's very difficult to move forward when you've got a lot of negative self-talk going on. I have mostly used it though when I'm helping others because I think it's e sometimes it's easier to see it in others rather than understand that we may be going through it. Not always, but if I see someone who I think is having some problems, they're verbalizing negative self-talk, here's some of the questions I'll use with them. Now, I won't do it in public, of course. I'll say, hey, let's go get a cup of coffee. What, do you, what are you saying to yourself? What do you fear losing? What do you want from the change? What steps can you take? How can I help you? But it's just a way for you to intervene using a kind of a mini system of stop, challenge, focus to help them assess their own self-talk and to recalibrate what they're doing. I have, I have used these, so since the lockdown, one of the things that I've been doing is on Monday morning, I pick five people that are in my contacts that I haven't talked to in a year or more. And I just call them up and I ask them how they're doing. And Almost everybody's been answering the phone because most of them are, a lot of them are at home. As some, almost all of them return my phone call if they're in a virtual meeting of some kind. But I, I listen to see if they're going to tell me any negative self-talk. And if they do, I just simply use some of these questions to help them. My purpose of doing this is not to not to sell them anything, not to see if they need a consultant for something. It's not to see if, you know, there's any business out there. I'm genuinely calling them to check in on them. And I tell them that I'm not, I'm, I'm not here to do anything other than just check in on you and see how you're doing, how your people doing. And I can't tell you how many times I've used some of these questions. And for some of the folks that I've been talking to, these questions have been particularly helpful with their own people. Example, I have a good friend and a client, and he says, I'm doing fine, but my people are struggling. And I said, Wes, let me give you some questions that you can ask your folks as a way to recalibrate their mindset. And uh, in talking to him not long after that, he said it really helped because people fear that they're in this by themselves and they're not. And sometimes what they fear is so outlandish that it's impacting their behaviors. They're either on hold or overwhelmed, and they're just not where they're supposed to be. And the idea is to get our energy back so that we can eventually get into potentiality.
Now there's three state, there's three frames of mind in these uncertain times. One is survival. People focus on the past, a lot of war stories. It's only a matter of time, they say. What we really want people is either in transition or potentiality. We, you know, I, I, I would rather have our people talking about can we change and how do we focus and compete? And hopefully they're, they're gonna be talking about potentiality. I, the conversations I like to have right now with people are, even in these uncertain times, how good can you get? How good can you get as a company? How good can you get as a human being? What are you doing to focus on growth? What are you doing to lead and grow in your organization? Where are the sweet spots for that? How do you do this? What's, what are some of the opportunities you can take? And it's amazing if, if you give people some space to think about these things, the answers that they come up with and, uh, and the opportunities they see. And, and if, you, and if you, you can create, and I talked about this morning, but you can create a positive epidemic by having positive self-talk because that will lead to your behavior. And when people, and when you demonstrate that to others, people will look for signals to say that they have permission to do that as well. So that's the, that, that was the, the gift I wanted to give you guys today was this idea about where we are in terms of times of uncertainty, how change works, how energy is impacted by that change, how self-talk is really a very important piece of how we focus on growth and improvement and how we need to change that self-talk to be positive about that. And hopefully I got you to think about a few things this afternoon and uh, you found some value from, uh, from our work. Any questions, comments? Was this helpful? I've got one. It's funny, now that I have a term for it, so I'll change, I use the alarm on my phone all the time. That's my wake-up alarm. But I'll change the little, you can title it or change the saying in it. And I'll usually change that like once every week or two and make it something positive and in my own way to uh, get up and see that every morning. Yeah, Sean, a lot of... Uh... As a matter of fact, some of the fastest downloading apps are these uh, positive affirmation apps that are be that people are downloading during this uncertain time. Um, and uh, it's kind of interesting. Also, the Calm app. Have you seen that? No, but I use the app Rain Rain. It's yeah. A, and it's got all kinds of different. You can you can you can make your sounds ever. You can you can mix a whole bunch of different settings, and it's not just rain uh, rain settings. It's it's my go-to uh, sleep app. Yeah. Yeah. So these positive affirmation apps are very popular right now. People are kind of looking for these things to help them. I think, uh, you know, one of the, like I said, uh, I'm just picking five people a week. And you, everybody can do this. I mean, we can pick our, you could, you know, you can pick your own YP members as well. And my, my number is five because I can just do that once a day in a five-day week. But, um, you know, the number might be three for you. But, you know, if you if you could somehow connect with your YP members and, and have them connect with each other and, 
and help each other and make sure everybody's got good positive self-talk. Uh, that's a great way to continue to help uh, focus them on, on uh, the value of the organization. That, that's what I was going to add, Brent, is, you know, the beginning of your talk started off with what we see our value in the YP groups that we're involved in. And then switching to this is uh, how we can help each other. And what so many of us said was we're in it for the relationships. But what are we doing as a YP group to really cultivate the relationships? How often are we uh, reaching out and uh, discussing with each other? What do you need? What's going on right now? Uh, how's it been for you? How can we help? Th those kind of questions are all relational and we, we can get really focused on events and, you know, the next meeting and the, the task list at hand. And this is a really good reminder, I think, for us to focus on the humans that we're interacting with because that's what so many people want to get out of it. It's what we all want to get out of it is those relationships. Yeah, now you have a template to be able to do that with. So sometimes it's hard to, you know, start the conversation with, you know, hey, I'm, I'm just calling to check in on you. Well, I'm fine. Well, now, you know, so now you've got some questions you can really ask to probe a little bit de a deeper to make sure they really are fine. Hey, at my house, if my wife tells me she's fine, she, there, there's no, there's nothing fine about that. There's no fine there. So could be for some of your, your colleagues as well. So, so hopefully it was helpful. Um, I can, um, Maggie, I can email this deck to you. And if you want to share it with your members, you can. Um, I know, I know some of you took some notes, but sometimes you like to have the, the template itself. And so be happy to share that with you. That would be awesome. I know I learned a new word today. I'd never heard of rust out. I mean, you hear burnout all the time, but I've never heard of rust out. And I thought that was um, pretty interesting. I was very interested in the continuum and energy continuum and talking about that too. Um, it's good to give a name to something. Yeah, I talked to uh, I talked to one of my uh, colleagues and friends. So you know, the lockdown came down in March, early March, mid March, and uh, he said he he adhered to it. He stayed at home. He had groceries delivered. Didn't check mail for three weeks. As a matter of fact, didn't check email for three weeks. And he said when he opened up his laptop, he hadn't been on his laptop in three weeks. He said, I almost thought I forgot how to type. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, that's rust out. Because mm -hmm. you, you, hadn't, you, hadn't you hadn't kept your skills up. And so he said, I, I, I had to you know, go back and look and see how to open up an Excel file. I mean, I, you know, it just kind of went brain dead. Mm -hmm. So that's the, you know, that's the things that, that, uh, I noticed that we were a lot of people just stayed home and kind of vegged out. So when you veg out like that, you're going to rust out. You got to keep those skills up. Brent, I wrote down uh, whenever you were talking about discretionary energy, the, the extra that you have, I missed the word and I don't think it was in the slide for the type of energy uh, that, that just gets you up and out of bed in the morning. Regular energy. Just, just plain old energy. Just energy, yeah. We all, have energy. we all have energy, but it's this discretionary energy that really adds to um, our extra collaboration, our motivation, our, you know, our willingness to volunteer, be involved. I, I know, you know, I, I've observed uh, 
I've been in team meetings where I've seen leaders ask for volunteers and no one volunteers. And that's a lack of discretionary energy. And uh, so it's, and that's a great time to have conversations with leaders about, hey, what's going on here that no one wants to volunteer? Um, and, and hey, I, I asked that of one leader and he said, I don't know, but I went and asked the team and they said, because when you volunteer, it's like you lose your life. <laughs> you, you know, you, you have all of it, you get all of it, it's all yours, you're blamed for everything, you have very little resources. So, you know, that's th those are clues of how you have to change that so you don't impact discretionary energy. That's, that's, that's part of what culture is all about. You got to get, you got to have a strong culture. So, Any other comments or questions? Well, I hope you enjoyed Brett Henley Day with the uh, young professionals of Louisiana. <laughs> and uh, I, I enjoyed being invited. Thank you, Laura, so much for uh, counting me in on this. We appreciate you, Brent. It's been a great Brent Henley day and uh, across the state. And I know a lot of people are going to get a lot of information from this. Um, your contact information, if anybody has questions moving forward. Sure. So it's uh, uh, email address is Brent at the pyramid group.com. T-H-E-P-Y-R-A-M-I-D group.com. Uh, you can also go to our website, which is thepyramidgroup.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Although on Facebook, all I do is show pictures of my grandkids and what I'm cooking. As it should be. Well, thanks a lot, Brent. We really appreciate your, your expertise and your time. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Good. Y'all uh, y'all enjoy your month of July and uh, uh, looking forward to face-to-face uh, -face one day. Absolutely. Thanks, all. All right. Take care. Bye, everybody.